bit about uh, Pastor Jay and Amy being here. And I, I'm going to just bring them on up. Amen. And uh, um, But uh, we've known them for many years. Uh, really was, you were a little kid, I think, before he ever had his eyes on Amy. Amen. And, uh, uh, man, Amy looked like Wonder Woman yesterday. <laughs> She's styling and profiling in her, in her today, too. Amen. Um, but uh, uh, they're just precious, precious couple, and they're real and genuine. And I think you ladies picked up on that yesterday. And it's just an honor to have them here. We've wanted to do this for a long time, and we're just excited it worked out for this weekend. So uh, I'll let them talk, uh, give them all the time. But uh, I'd like for us all to stand up. And let's give thanks unto God, but let's at the same time welcome Pastors Jay and Amy oh, Atkins. Amen. Come on, guys. Glory to God. How kind. Please be seated. No, thank you so much, uh, Pastor James, Melissa. We, we return that honor. And uh, how creative are these guys? I'm telling you, I'm a little intimidated. I looked over there and I saw four guitars. On the neat stand. Five, right. I'm just counting guitars. And then uh, everything they do is of such excellence. And uh, this whole church is just excellent. Yes. Um, and thank you for having us. And you should be encouraged, too. You have really good pastors. We yeah. get to see a lot of different churches and a lot of different, you know, attitudes, maybe. <laughs> and it's nice to come into a house that's full of faith. They'll believe God with you. Yeah. I'll see miracles here. I like what he's saying this morning about I believe, I believe. If you can believe God, then all things are possible. Amen. You know, there's, there's power in this gospel to all those who believe. Amen. We believe. You've already declared it. If you can say I believe, you've just lined yourself up for a miracle. I love the uh, demonstration of the Holy Spirit yesterday. I see mm. many people that we got to pray for that told me good testimonies that the healing power of God got on them and corrected them. Uh, one of our friends that had the hip told me um, she had never been prayed for um, before like that in a, in a church service. And she said, in fact, when you were praying for me, Amy, I was talking to the Lord going, Lord, I just don't know about this. I just don't know about this. <laughs> and uh, So I just pray, Lord, heal that hip. You revealed it to heal it in the name of Jesus and she said it felt like Ben Gay had went all over her hip Amen. down her leg she talked to me after this there's a couple hours and she said Amy it's still there <laughs> the Lord's still working on me well I said well you believe God that's miracle working power that corrects what was wrong to make you whole again mm -hmm. so I, I love her testimony and and I love that there is the same spirit you know we don't like to miss our church but if we do miss we know we're going to somewhere that's full of faith, that's ready for a move of God, that doesn't say, oh, Lord, bless mm -hmm. me some other time. But you say right here, right now, let's receive what the Lord has for us. Mm -hmm. We don't have to wait for it. He's ready to bless us. We believe. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Lord I'm God. happy to be here. I know we felt like we were coming into a revival that's already been started mm -hmm. here, already started in your heart. So we're glad to be a part of it. Well, we are. I think that's all I got to say. No, I'm, I'm just happy. Okay. I'm just so happy. Uh, you know, you when you go somewhere and the pastor's really not. Oh, I'm sorry. It's my fault. It's me. It's all me. It's all me. You're all right. It's all my fault. It's all my fault. <laughs> we never, uh, you never, you never would say, you know, uh, we're glad to be here, but you have really bad pastors. <laughs> Those are just times when you just don't say anything, you know. <laughs> but... Uh, 
if we took if we took an hour this morning just to brag on on your pastors, it would be appropriate. And it's really good, especially in these days that we're in, to be serving with people that have been in some foxholes and uh, have been through some things. And you develop really when you draw close to the Lord, you develop the heart of the Lord, and then you develop the right the height of a rhinoceros, you know. <laughs> And uh, that combination really is a, is a powerful one. And so I would never, I would never say that Miss Melissa has the height of a rhinoceros, but I would say <laughs> Pastor James has. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. I'll give myself about 30 seconds to see if I don't mess y'all up by standing down here, and then I'll go back up on stage. I'll behave. But if Joe can uh, figure it out, we'll stay down, I think, today. I'm, I'm excited uh, so much about uh, being here. We are from Danville, Kentucky. And uh, you might like this because there's 13 Danvilles. And Phineas and Ferb live in Danville. You ever watch Phineas <laughs> and Ferb? And so there's 22 Springfields. That's why the Simpsons live in Springfield. But uh, anyway, we're from Danville, Kentucky. It's uh, in the, right in the heart of Kentucky in farmland, and uh, we're so thankful to be there. We love it. We've been there for 22 years since we graduated from Bible College, and uh, we're sitting on the beach after Rama, uh, Hilton Head. And I'll never forget June of, of 2001, and I asked the Lord, send me anywhere you want us to go, but if you could send me somewhere I could stay and raise my family, and just stay in one place. That would be my preference, Lord. And uh, we were thinking Knoxville, or Cincinnati, or maybe Bowling Green, or somewhere in Kentucky, or close. And uh, the Lord knows even better than we know, doesn't he? And a little town I'd never even visited before, and we love it. It's home. They'll have to run me out of town. And uh, Pastor Mark Hankins says, if they do run you out of town, just get out front, make it look like a parade. Amen? <laughs> So uh, we're thankful. We left our kids back home at the home church, and it's cool. My son's 17, my daughter's 14, and uh, they're so involved. I told them, just uh, you all be there, be on the front row today. Maybe they won't even notice we're gone. So uh, we, left, we left the church in uh, really good hands. And it's an honor to speak, finally, at uh, the church with the best church name in the history of church names. You just can't get better than the Lord's church, right? And so uh, when, you're, when you're pioneering, I'm a pioneering pastor. I love big ideas. I, I'm always, if I'm driving through a town, I see an empty building, I start thinking about how could we put a church in this town. And so I just think that way. That's how, that's how I'm wired. And so um, our church's name is Faith Church, and that just came out of Amy's heart. You know, we were thinking about church names, and Life Church was real trending at the time we planted. And Amy says, well, that's a good name, but we're really just people of faith. And uh, she said, our church will be a faith church. I thought, that's it. That's the name. Amen? Just simple. But when, when this church started, and they named this church the Lord's Church, I thought, I give myself a C-. minus. <laughs> Is it fun just to tell people where you go to church, you know? You start talking about church, they say, where do you go to church? I go to the Lord's church. <laughs> it's like, where else would you go, right? <laughs> where do you go? Well, we go to the first this on this street, you know, and it's like, yeah, it's not the Lord's church, amen? <laughs> I actually think when the rapture takes place, you guys should get to go first. I really do. You know what I mean? Just for being part of the Lord's church and then everybody else, the Lord will say, ah, come on up. Everybody else, you come. 
you can come too. No, it's absolutely, it's absolutely wonderful. The, my first memory of, of your pastor was uh, picking him up at the airport. I was just a teenager, and he came in to uh, speak at our church, and uh, he had a guitar case with him and had about eight gazillion uh, baggage claim, claim tickets on the handle. And uh, I thought that old song, I thought it's true for Pastor James. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, right? And, uh, and uh, just, it just stood out in all those stickers from all over the places and all the, all the pot you'd smoked and played the guitar. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know where all those, all those festivals were a Christian or not. But, hey, man, that guitar at some point got sanctified. Hallelujah. Washed in the blood. And, um, no, you grew up serving the Lord, so God's so good. Turn on with me, if you can, this morning to Genesis chapter 1. We will endeavor not to be lengthy in time today because we want to come back tonight, and I know that that's special for you, and you don't do that every week, so that's extremely special to us. And I love that you're starting the year strong, and that's what you've determined to do. And anytime we determine to do something, then God meets us at our determination. He said, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, choose life. So when we make a choice, right, the victory of David over Goliath began with a choice. That I'm going to kill him, right? I'm going to honor God in this. And so when you make a choice to start the year strong and to fast and to pray and to give, Uh, Jesus said, what you do in secret, he'll reward you openly. And the whole nation got to see David kill Goliath. There was an open reward for what? What he had done privately. His seeking the face of God continually. And he said, right, the Lord has delivered both the line and the beard of my hands. Surely he'll deliver this non-covenant Philistine into our hand. Amen. And so uh, you've made a choice to start this year strong. And that's even why we're coming back tonight on a, when, we're, when we don't normally do that. Why? Well, we're, gonna, we're doing some things different this year than we've done last year so that we can get a greater result. And we're just drawing in close to the presence of God to let him speak to our heart, fill us up, full and overflowing this year, that we will start strong in spirit, strong in mind, strong in body. Praise God. And this truly will be the greatest year you've ever lived. And I don't say that cliche. I say it with a all the conviction in the world. Because every year that we get closer, drawing closer to him, and we hear his voice more clearly, we run faster. Hallelujah. And really, just lay aside what Hebrews 12 says. Laying aside every weight and every sin that does so easily beset us, we run the race that God has for us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen? So, so we're just laying aside, not just the sins, right? I... Amy had to lay aside a lot of sin this year. I just laid aside some weights. Well, you're going home by yourself. <laughs> What's the difference in the two? Well, one's a blatant disobedience to God, right? We're not living that way. But there are things just from this world that they just pull on you. You know, it's bad when your phone tells you your screen time's down 25%. This week, you know, it's like, hooray, you only looked at it six hours a day now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, it's not a sin, but it could be a weight, you know? Right, right. Oh, he said, we're laying aside every sin and every weight that does so easily beset us. We're running, come on, with endurance, the race that God set before us. So really, it's just time to run. Well, it's fun when you just come out of a fast. Glory to God. 
And we've done the same. So it's just, just uh, really great timing to, to be here this morning. When you come out of a, of a place of dedication unto God, there's an open reward from heaven. So I think tonight will just be open reward night. Amen? Amen. Where God honors the effort that you've put in to seek his face. And he promised if you'll draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. If you take one step towards God, he'll run a mile back at you. Amen? Genesis chapter 1, um, verse 26, God, uh, the Godhead is speaking. And he said, let us make man in our likeness and in our image. And let them have dominion over the works of our hands. Over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and all the cattle, and all the things that creep upon the earth. Male and female, God created uh, them, right? Man and woman. And he said, let them, if you go on then to verse 28, let them have dominion. So it's not, uh, not just for uh, man, male, it's for man, mankind, amen? We are made in the likeness and the image of God. The likeness of God because we're like him, and the image of God because we look like him. If you wonder what God looks like, he looks like you. Or better said, we look like him, amen? And so uh, when God made man, he made man with a twofold purpose. The first is to have dominion. And this is what the conversation between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit was. Let them have dominion over the works of our hands. And this word dominion in the original Hebrew language is the word rada, R-A-D-A-H, rada, which is translated to have dominion or have dominion over. Also is translated to reign, to reign, or to rule over. It's translated to prevail. Amen? And I love this, dominate. Dominate. That jumped into Amy and I's spirit as we launched into 2024, that uh, we finished 2023 very strong, running fast, but matter of fact, just there's something every day. There's not been a lot of downtime, and rest is very important. And uh, we labor to enter into that rest, that place where Jesus was in the bow of the boat while all the wind and waves are, are swirling and, and everyone else thinks they're going to die. Jesus is at rest. And that place of rest is a place of dominance where you know God's on your side. So we take rest very seriously, but we're running. We're not, we're not crawling. We're not, why? The king is coming. And so we're busy about the, the father's business. But we've entered into 2024 with just a, a, a zeal beyond anything we've ever um, uh, experienced before. We're so thrilled with what God's doing in the earth today. That when you look around and the world around is getting kind of colder and colder, the church truly is getting hotter and hotter. And uh, it's fun to see people are looking for what's real. Not looking, they're not looking for religion anymore. They're not, matter of fact, the, the, the American church is kind of scurrying to try to figure out what do we have to do. Uh, I've got some denominational friends, and they're holding conferences and meetings trying to figure out well, what is it that the people want. And, and it's funny, you know, they're, they're not asking me to come and tell them. <laughs> but if they did, I would tell them the people just want real. You know what they want? They want Jesus. They want him, they want him crucified, they want him raised from the dead, and they want him, the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. Amen. They want the Spirit of God that's moving in the earth today. They want Jesus the healer, Jesus the deliverer, yeah. Jesus the one who sets free everyone bound by the enemy, right? They want Jesus. Amen. And so we're going to give them Jesus, amen. amen. 
So Genesis 1, 26, when, when God said, let us make man, today I want to focus on this, how much God loves you and what he created you to be. He created man with a twofold purpose. Number one, to reign in life, rada, to dominate, to have dominion over. And this just jumped into our spirit. And Amy said to me uh, um, just the very first week of the year, or maybe the last week, that week between Christmas and New Year's, she said, I really just feel in my heart this is going to be a year where we just dominate in every area. I said, that's it. That's exactly what's in my spirit. And as I began to study it, it took me back, back to Genesis 1.26. So I, I love to listen to Miles Monroe. I don't know if you guys ever listened to Miles Monroe. He's been with the Lord for several years now. But I remember 19 years old, I read his book on purpose, and it just let my heart on fire of just living life with the purpose of God. Well, this was Miles Monroe's very favorite scripture, Genesis 1.26. And so he taught on it often. And I loved one thing he says about this. He said, man is not looking for that which he has not lost. Right? Man is looking for that which he lost. So when sin entered into to mankind, man lost something. Yeah. What did he lose? He lost this dominion. Yeah. Right? God gave man dominion over all the works of his hands. Everything that creeps upon the earth, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea. Man is created to rule and to reign over that. What man is not created to reign over is other men. If it crawls on four feet, you're to have dominion over it. If it looks like you and it walks uprightly, we're not created to have dominion over other men. That's why slavery is not of God. It's, it's purely of the spirit of Antichrist that does what? Tries to control man, yeah. right? And so uh, it's why it doesn't feel right in a relationship. When one tries to dominate another, mm, it doesn't agree with your spirit. Why? It's not of God. Jesus come to set man free. Now, I'm not an anarchist and believe in no governance. But really, the problems of this world are not with individual man. They're with what? With the control of man. If it weren't for nationalities and national governments, we would never have a national invasion of another nation. <laughs> right? So when I travel the world and get an opportunity to meet people, I find people everywhere are wonderful. It's the governments of this world that are evil. Why? Well, let me make it very biblical. It's the control of man that is evil. Right? So Jesus said in John 8, 32, they actually, the Pharisees, they're ridiculing Jesus. Who is this that sets men free or declares to set men free? What did Jesus say in John 8, 36? Whom the Son sets free is free indeed, right? So then, man lost them. That's why when you talk about heaven, you would think that just talking about heaven would make everyone want to give their heart to Jesus. Well, there's power in talking about heaven. There's power in talking about eternity in general. There's power in talking about hell. Uh, one man said this way, if everyone could spend five minutes in eternity, heaven would be full and hell would be empty. Yeah. Right? And so living without an eternal mindset, then man's living with a, a temporal mindset, right? But when, when, when uh, man, is, man hasn't really lost heaven because man did, has not been to heaven to gain it yet, right? So you can talk about heaven and, 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 and men's heart will be partially convicted. But 
Man has lost something, and man is looking for it. Right? So the religions of the world are man's attempt to do what? To find that closeness with God that man lost when man, when man allowed sin to enter in. So God made man with a twofold purpose. Number one, as a king. Number two, as a priest. Adam ruled and reigned over the works of God's hand. God also came down in the cool of the day and had fellowship with Adam. Communion, right? This, the, the New Testament word, koinonia. Fellowship, communion, right? Great conversation. And so uh, what man lost when he allowed sin to come back in, nothing remedied that situation until Jesus came. God gave a law unto Moses, but that law could not accomplish, right? If the law could have accomplished, then Jesus would not have needed to come. But what the law failed in, Jesus came and did for us, amen? So go back over to uh, uh, Romans chapter 5 in the New Testament, and we see this great conversation, and, and Paul uses uh, some language that he also used to the Corinthians, where he refers to Jesus as the last Adam. So the first Adam, in 1 Corinthians 15, we see that Jesus said what the first Adam lost, the last Adam, who is a life-giving spirit, has won back for us. So in Romans chapter 5, he uses the same um, type of discussion, and we'll pick up in verse 12. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. Verse 13, For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, verse 14, death reigned. Say it out loud, death reigned. Death and that's a, that's a powerful statement. Death reigned. From what? Death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression. You were born into sin. Right? Satan didn't appear to everybody individually with the same deception. No, they're born into the same nature, a sin nature. So what happened? Death reigned. Death reigned from Adam to Moses, and death reigned from Moses to Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at verse 17. Well, verse 16. I want to read the whole, the whole book. Let's start in Romans 1.1. Amen. <laughs> Verse 16, and the gift is not like that which came from the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from the one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. Whose sin put Jesus on the tree? Ours. It wasn't his. Right? To the Corinthians, he said, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. Greatest trade ever made. Amen. Amen. Greater than Babe Ruth being traded for the rights to a play. Greatest trade ever made. My sin for his righteousness. Amen. That I'll never, never experience the penalty of my sin. I get to experience the fruits of his righteousness. Woo! Greatest trade ever made. So the eternal inheritance that's waiting for me is beyond compare. But in the now, Jesus also has accomplished something, that everything that Adam lost, 
Jesus gained back. Go back to verse 12 again before we get to 17. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. Oh, I know what we skipped. We skipped 15. Look at 15. But the free gift is not like the offense, for if by one man's offense many died, much more. Say it out loud, much more. Man, I'm telling you, that phrase right there, much more, hallelujah, <laughs> so good. The grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus, abounded to many. Uh, one translation said, it far exceeds. Another translation said, it greatly outweighs. What Jesus has done for us far exceeds anything that the enemy ever did against us. What Jesus has done for us is so much greater than anything that anybody or any devil has ever done against us. Right? Far outweighs. Hallelujah. The blessing of Jesus far outweighs the curse of the enemy. Say it again, much more. Yeah, the last Adam. What Jesus accomplished. Verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So verse 14 says, From Adam until Moses, death reigned. From Moses until Jesus, death reigned. Right? The law could not accomplish it. So what reigned? Death reigned. Now Jesus shows up. He takes death upon himself, raises from the dead, and says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go therefore. So now, death doesn't reign anymore. <laughs> what reigns now? Righteousness. Redemption reigns. Grace reigns now, right? What's verse 17 says? Through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, we reign. Through Jesus, come on now, right? So, Revelation 1.6 says, this is Jesus talking, right? Revelation 1.6 says, He has made us Kings and priests unto his God and Father. It's already been done. What happened? What Adam lost, Jesus gained back for us. So man has been looking for what man lost. And Buddhism won't accomplish it, right? Hinduism won't accomplish it. No religion of this world, no meditation, no system of ethics, no moral code, no holy book. Nothing's going to accomplish it. Why? Because the last Adam was the only one who could accomplish it. For what man needed was redemption, justification. What man needed was a savior. What man needed was a sacrifice. And only one man could be that sacrifice, one without a sin nature. So if Satan could have deceived, the, listen, the Holy Spirit helped me with this. He said, do you want to know why Satan thought he could deceive Jesus in the wilderness? I said, why? I said, because it worked with the first Adam. Right? 
So if it had worked with the last Adam, man would still be trapped in the sin from the, the first Adam. Amen? But it didn't work with the last Adam. When he came and brought deception to the last Adam, the last Adam said, get behind me. Amen? It is written. It is written. It is written. Glory to God. Why? So John, right? Glory to God. So John said, behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Man, when the sin of the world is taken away from man, it leaves man right back into the place that God made man to start with. Number one, to reign. Number two, to be a priest unto God. Hallelujah, we're restored fully. There's nothing standing between us and God anymore. Amen. What's it look like for man to reign? Can we all reign? Well, absolutely we can all reign because Ephesians 5.1 says that man was created to be imitators of God. 1 John 4 says that God is love. How do we reign? We reign when we walk in that love instead of walking in the flesh. Right? We reign. We make a choice every day. Am I going to reign or am I going to be reigned over? Am I going to rule this flesh or am I going to let this flesh rule over me? And when we choose to dominate the flesh, Galatians chapter 5 says it. Walk in the Spirit, and you won't obey the lust of the flesh. Romans chapter 8, Paul goes on to say, I love it. Romans chapter 8, I don't think we have the slide up, but I'll just quote it to you. And you know it, you can turn there and look at it real fast if you want to. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So it's a great deception that man can't operate without sin. Well, man's been living under this, right? We, we, we fall prey to the deception. I can't help myself. Yeah. Can't control myself. Yeah. You don't know my family. This is just how we are. <laughs> Come on. Well, you, we were all born into a family with all kinds of family traits and family nature, but we've all been born again yes. with a new nature. Yes. Come on. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2 says, There is therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. I love verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. What law I was living under, I'm no longer living under because now Jesus has risen from the dead and placed His Spirit on the inside of me that now I'm living by the grace and the abundance of grace of the Holy Spirit with which now I reign in this life over this flesh nature. That's why this time of fasting is so powerful. Why? You said, Spirit, you're in charge. Flesh, sit down. And you start denying your body food, and the flesh will start barking really loud, right? But you're letting your, your body know, no, 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 you're not in charge. Well, the same spirit that will dominate the body to keep it from food is the same spirit that can dominate the body to say, no, cancer is not allowed here. Heart disease is not allowed here. Amen. Growths are not allowed here. I'm, I'm a son or daughter of the Most High God, and I'm reigning in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And so we just, we listen, every choice we make to operate in the fruit of the Spirit, we're reigning. Because it's contrary to your flesh. I remember I was uh, driving home from vacation, uh, and um, we have family in the eastern part of the state, so sometimes we'll come up 
uh, that way through West Virginia, through the mountains of West Virginia to get home. And, um, uh, you know, Kentucky and Tennessee is very similar in, in geography, right? The eastern part's mountainous, the Appalachians, you know, and then you get the middle part, and then you get the western the plains, you know. You guys just be thankful you're not in Arkansas. And so... Uh, <laughs> Kentucky's thankful for Mississippi and Arkansas. That way we don't rank last in anything. You know what I mean? We're like, 47's not so bad, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> you know what a tornado in Arkansas and a divorce in Kentucky have in common? Somebody's guaranteed to lose a mobile home. And so... <clears throat> And so, uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> entertain myself sometimes. You know. <laughs> we had a tornado come through Kentucky, did $40 million worth of improvements. It was something, it was really something, it was something. <laughs> God's so good to us. He really is. He didn't leave us trapped. He didn't, he didn't leave us. He loves us so very much. Come on, he sent Jesus for us. To reestablish man into that place of closeness. To reestablish man into that place of union with him. Where what, what we permit is permitted. What we're coming through up, up that way through West Virginia. And there was construction on the road. And um, I, uh, it's frustrating when you get in a dead stop. You know, we got a nine hour drive to get home from the beach normally. Now it's going to be 10, 11 hours, you know, we've got two hours slow down. And then you're frustrated. Everybody's frustrated, right? Because one, everybody's got to pee. <laughs> and when I say everybody, not just everybody in my car, everybody on the interstate, right? I mean, there's just so long you can go without a stop. And so everybody, so finally we get to an exit. Well, everybody's getting off because everybody's in the same situation. And so this little exit, this little town is not set up for the whole interstate traffic to get off and a couple gas stations and there's a McDonald's. And so uh, we run into McDonald's and uh, the girls go in the restroom. And I still don't understand 2024. Now this has been about a decade ago, but still I don't understand well, who keeps designing these buildings and making the male and the female restrooms the same size, right? Because because of that, you ladies, it's not fair to you ladies, right? It needs to be one stall for men, 10 stalls for women. That would even the playing field out, you know? And so the burden upon us men, we have to wait on our woman when we go places. And so this is the, it's the burden we bear. And so, so uh, I've, already, I've already went in and out. And so I thought, all right, so McDonald's is running a special this summer. They have 50 cent ice cream cones. Well, that's a great deal. I mean, you, it's so good, you can't not get one, right? You have to get one. So I, I'm already out, and I'm waiting on Amy and the kids, and, and so uh, I, I'll go to the counter, and I got us all for an ice cream cone. I mean, that is just too good of a deal, right? So they put it in one of those cup, those drink carriers. They put the other three, and I'm just sitting there enjoying mine and holding the other three, waiting on Amy and the kids to get out. And this lady uh, behind me in line, now she steps up and orders, and she ordered her family uh, ice cream cones, but she paid the 35 cents extra to get them dipped in chocolate. 
Now, I like a chocolate dip cone, but those are messy, you know. I mean, you can't eat those without getting half of it on you. And so I made the choice just to get the 50-cent cone. And so, but she got 85 cents, right? So she gets the chocolate dip cone. Well, the little, I mean, there's people on people in this McDonald's. And the poor little girl that waited on us, she's probably a high school student or a freshman in college. And she's nervous as can be. It's just crowded, and she's doing the best she can do. And uh, I watched her. Uh, she went back and made those ice cream cones and she dipped them in chocolate and that chocolate just kept running. And uh, she finally comes to the lady and she said, I'm so sorry, we've ran out of chocolate. We put on fresh. She said, but it won't harden on your cone. I, I don't know what to do. I can just give you the cone without the chocolate uh, or you'll have to wait uh, for the chocolate to, to get uh, hardened up to where it'll harden on the cones. And that lady, man, I didn't see her head spin, but, but <laughs> I did hear a voice come out of a cavern, you know. The, and uh, and she, she, she just went off on this worker. I paid for chocolate. <laughs> so, man, I'm compassionate. I'm, I'm feeling for this worker, right? So I, I reached in my pocket. I had some change, and I'm thinking, I'll go pay the lady the 35 cents, you know, that, 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 that that she paid extra, and, uh, man, and I'm, I'm counting out, you know, the, the change in my hand, and the Holy Spirit just quickened me to the Word. It's better to live on the rooftop than inside the home with a contentious woman, right? And so I, he just gave me a great warning. Put that money back in your pocket. You just stay. Come on, this is a fight you don't want to participate in. You just stay out of this one, you know? So I was obedient to the Lord, you know? And, uh, and so just watch this lady, just berate this employee, just go off about. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me in that moment and said, you notice her joy was only worth 35 cents. When her joy was only worth 35 cents. Don't you love the Holy Spirit? When he teaches you every moment of life, if you'll let him. And I thought, oh, Lord. I'm so thankful my joy is worth more than 35 cents. It takes more than 35 cents to get me off my joy. I found out how much my joy was worth a couple weeks later when I got a speeding ticket. My joy, <laughs> my joy was worth 187.50. Right? <laughs> but see, to reign in life, means no matter what is against us, what happens to us, we're able to operate out of the Spirit of God, the abundance of grace, and the gift of righteousness. That when the wind and the waves were batting against the boat, come on, the disciples lost their joy. They lost their confidence with God. They woke Jesus up and literally said, Master, don't you care that we are perishing? Right? But he was unmoved by the trouble. So what did he do? He reigned by the Spirit of God. See, if you can have dominance over your flesh, you can exercise dominance to the situations around you. Amen. Amen? So when we choose to walk in love, when we choose to operate in joy, you're reigning. Amen. To just have the, the, the depth of character to be able to offer a compliment to somebody else, I love your purple sweater. You're operating out of the Spirit of God, you're reigning. When you speak well of another, you're reigning. 
when you show patience in the midst of a situation when others are all flustered, you're reigning. Come on, we're not called to be reigned by, right? I love how Galatians says this about the fruit of the Spirit. He said, against such there is no law. They could outlaw everything, but they cannot steal your attitude. It's the last freedom and the last power of the human right and choice is to what? To determine my own attitude, right? You might take my clothes, you might take my house, but you can't steal my joy. It belongs to me. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. All right? Number two, we're created to be a priest unto God. Hallelujah. Man, there's just unction on that. Let's go back. Say it out loud with me. I reign by the one Jesus Christ. Woo! Come on. You're a king unto God. Right? Revelation 1.6 says he has made us kings and priests unto God. We reign. Ever said, I'm looking at some kings in here. Amen. We reign. Hallelujah. We reign. Man's not called to reign over us. Right? Even as a, even as a worker, if you don't even own your own company, you're just there working for another man. We are created to reign in life, to, to be able to show honor to someone who doesn't even deserve our, just because I'm in the company, that company's going to prosper while I'm there. What am I doing? I'm just reigning in life. Glory to God. How hard is it to reign? I heard Keith Moore speak on this years ago. As a teenager, he was at New Life uh, in West Huntington, West Virginia, Pastor Daryl Huffman. And I remember Keith Moore was preaching on this, and he took a, a, one of those big church chairs. Yeah, y'all don't have one of those. You know, those big, those big TBN church chairs that sit on stages sometimes? <laughs> they had a couple of those, you know. So he brought one out and just set it right in the middle of the stage, and he just sat down in it like a king would. He said, here's how you reign. He just, just with a decree, right? Come on, when a king makes a decree, it's now a law. Every kingdom has a king. And our kingdom has a king. His name is Jesus. And when he speaks, he creates new law. And he spoke, glory to God, and set men free. We're no longer bound by an enemy. We're no longer bound by the kingdom of darkness. We have the privilege now of reigning in this life again. Sickness has no hold on us. Poverty and lack, the curse is broken. Jesus preached and declared the good news of God. God's not mad at man. Man is now set free. Back to the place of the kingship. Secondly, Jesus restored us to our place as a priest unto God. He did not restore us unto the priesthood of Aaron, he restored us to the priesthood of Adam. Right? Jesus didn't come through the tribe of Levi. He came through the tribe of Judah, the tribe of praise, the tribe of giving glory unto God. And Adam was not in the lineage of Levi. On the contrary, Adam was the first. Amen. So when Jesus restored man back to the thing that man had lost through sin, he restored us back to the closeness that we have with God, that any time I want, I can lift my voice and talk to God. That 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12 says, His eye is on the righteous and his ear is open to our prayer. Peter also said this in 1 Peter 2, 9, We are a royal priesthood. Ooh, a holy nation, God's own peculiar people. What are we called to do? To proclaim the praises of Him who's called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. 
that as a priest unto God, I now have fellowship with God, that he made me a speaking spirit, that I can access his presence anytime I want. That actually Hebrews chapter 4 says, I can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Well, mercy means I've done something wrong. That means that me having a sin or committing a sin won't keep me out of the presence of God. That's how much he loves me. That actually it's the very place that I need to run to, right? When you sin, you want to go hide from God, don't you? Talk bad about somebody. Last thing you want to do is go, go pray. Just like Adam, we want to hide from God. But on the contrary, we've been invited in that Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 says this, that by the blood of Jesus and a new and living way, which he, Jesus, consecrated for us through the veil, which is his flesh, torn for us. Right? Remember that? When Jesus died on the cross, one of the demonstrations of God's glory was the veil of the temple was rent in two from bottom to top. You know what was woven on that veil? Was the cherubim with a flaming sword. You remember the cherubim with the flaming sword? That's what God set outside the Garden of Eden to keep man out of his glory. So when he had him to, to make the, the tabernacle and the temple, he had him to weave weave the veil to the most holy place, the holy of holies. And he said, weave within that and put on that tapestry a picture of the, of the angel with the flaming sword. Why, man was not permitted to go behind the veil. Only the high priest went back there. One time a year, one man would take the blood of the sacrifice and go into the presence of God. Only 70 men from Aaron until Jesus went behind that veil. But when he died on the cross, the veil of the temple was torn. Why? Because the Spirit of God came out of that place so he could live in us. Say it out loud. I'm a priest, I'm a priest. unto God. Ooh, come on, Jesus made it so that you could have fellowship. I was youth camp one year. Um, my, my duties was uh, just to host David Dixon. He's an evangelist out of Mississippi. He came to preach for us. And so uh, I had a really light duty that year. All I had to do was host the speaker and take him out to eat, make sure he had a good time. And so uh, I asked him where to go. We were in Pigeon Forge uh, that particular year. And, um, and he wanted to go to Bonefish Grill and have lunch. So I'd never been there before. Sounded good to me. So we're having lunch at Bonefish Grill. And he started talking to me about a prayer group that he had, he and his friends have, where they get on a phone call, group, you know, conference call, every day at 1 p.m. And they pray an hour. And man, I was so enamored by that. I just loved that concept. I thought, that's, that's beautiful. And he leaned across the table and he grabbed me by the arm and he said, Jay, the Lord has made it easy to pray. Man, he went on talked about a lot of other things. I don't know what else he talked about the rest of the day because all I heard in my spirit was, the Lord has made it easy to pray. Think about that. We don't have to set an appointment with God. We don't have to just come once a month or once a week or once a year. No, we have access to him that we get to come behind the veil. And I love how it says it in Hebrews chapter 10, with a full assurance of faith. There's no priest under the order of Levi. Uh, there's no priest under the Mosaic law. No priest came to God in a full assurance of faith. Why? Because he was concerned with whether or not the sacrifice was right. We know that our sacrifice is right because our sacrifice 
is Jesus. So when we come before him in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus, God is not examining our life. God is examining the sacrifice. And the sacrifice is perfect, lacking nothing. So we have invitation to come in. So when the thing happened in 2020 and all spread all over the world, you know, and nobody knew what to do. I had a friend, Joel Grantham, he said, when you don't know what to do, you better know what to do. <laughs> what do you mean by that? When you don't know what to do, you better get on your face and start talking to God. So we didn't know what to do. Nobody knew what to do. Our governor said, you can't meet, can't have church. You know, our governor joined in with the governor of Illinois, Michigan, and they made a, you know, a little pact of, of control over man, you know, and so they said, you're not going to, you can't gather anymore. So we didn't know what to do, and I thought, all right, I don't know what to do yet, but I know what to do. It's time we're going to pray. So we always prayed. Man, when that thing happened, we started praying, and the church started praying, and we literally just got on our faces before God every single day, and we said, all right, Lord, from this point forward, the rest of your life, we will not concede to a spirit of bondage again to fear, but we will yield ourselves to the spirit of God and the freedom of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will sustain us. In the midst of this catastrophe, you will sustain us, and you'll keep us. And we prayed and pled the blood of Jesus over the health of the body and over uh, every single life, right, that nobody would go under, nobody would go under financial. We just began to pray. So we just started praying every night. We did a, a broadcast uh, with our church people. Not, not everybody got on, you know, just some would, some, some nights, different ones, different nights. But we just started praying seven nights a week. Every night, nine o'clock, time to pray. And couldn't get them all in the one building, so we started praying on a little, a little group, you know, on, uh, on social media. And uh, the group grew, and the group grew, and the group grew, and we just called the group Spirit-Filled Prayer. And we made a description. These are uh, Spirit-Filled Believers praying in the Spirit. And that way, we thought anybody that joins the group at least has been fairly warned. Right? We don't want to just get on. Right? First Corinthians 14, you don't want to pray in tongues on a, in an open airwaves. So, you know, people wouldn't maybe know what you're doing. Bring confusion to people. We don't want to bring confusion. We want to bring clarity. But we knew this. We need a prayer meeting, and we can't get them all in one building. So we're just going to pray as a group. So we began to pray. Well, that group just kept growing. So today that group's got like 1,400 people in it. And they don't all pray with me every day, but we got 30, 35, 40 people every day to get on and pray with us. And so I can't tell you what exercising our priestly privilege has done for our life. It's taken our life to the place that it should be, that we're not obeying the lust of the flesh, but that we're dominating by reigning and being led by the Spirit of God. And God just began to touch again and again. Just like when the Ark of the Covenant got over to Obed-Edom's house and everything in that house began to increase. David said, we need that presence back in our house. And he went back over, remember that? And he danced before the Lord and his wife Michael got so mad because he danced all of his clothes off. And he said, honey, you haven't seen anything yet. I'm fixing. I knew he's from the, from the hills because he said, I'm fixing. He said, I'm fixing to get more vile than this. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. We know the Lord visited uh, you know, and the disciples visited uh, the eastern hills of Kentucky and Tennessee because they said, reckon yourself dead unto sin. Amen. <laughs> yeah, glory to God. No, we just began to exercise our priestly privilege. What is that? Prayer. Yes. 
worship, come on, closeness with God, intimacy with God, that any time you have the opportunity to exercise, his eye is on the righteous and his ear is open to your prayer. What's your name, man? Jonathan. Hi, Jonathan. I'm Jay. How are we doing so far? Pretty good. Pretty good. We're doing all right? Yeah. All right. I'm not the worst speaker that's ever been here, am I? <laughs> all right. You haven't fallen asleep yet. Amen. That's a really nice jacket, by the way. I really like that. Come on, Jonathan, a priest under God. Yeah. Right? What must Jonathan do to approach the throne of God? Just show up. Just open his voice. Open his mouth. In the name of Jesus. Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. Instantly. Access. Right? We enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter his courts with praise. Right? Psalm 100. David tapped into this. He said, we just enter in with singing and with gladness. Hallelujah. Now, with your voice, right? So it's with your voice that we exercise our priestly duty. We don't have to sacrifice an animal. We don't have to kill, shed any more blood. No, Jesus' blood has been shed. So Hebrews 13, 15 says that let us continually offer this sacrifice, the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Glory to God. What are we doing? We're just putting blood all over everything. I plead the blood of Jesus. Amen. I plead the blood of Jesus. Say it out loud with me. I'm a priest, I'm a priest. under God. Under God. Ooh, come on. You're, what, what order? Under the order of Melchizedek, being both priest and king. But under the order of Jesus, the last Adam, closeness with God. Did Jesus have closeness with God? Absolutely. Luke chapter 6, he went up on the mountain, prayed all night long. Coming off the mountain, he knew exactly what to do. Go pick Peter and Andrew. Go pick John and James, right? They're going to follow me. Direction from heaven. I believe this year will be the year of the greatest clarity and direction of your life. Many of you will make more money this year than you've ever made in your whole life just by the direction of the Spirit of God. Amen. Just by the leading of the Lord to say, follow after that. Do that right there. Boom. Instantly. Money comes. Hallelujah. This year, you have opportunity to give more than you've ever given. Right, We determined to start this year, our church will give more money than we've ever given away. Amen? Why? Because we know the word works. We're kings and priests unto God, and this year we dominate. Say it again. I'm a king. I'm a priest. Ooh, glory to God. Can we just pray for two minutes before we go today? Let the Spirit of God lead in God as Father in Jesus' mighty name. We all lift our voice. We love on you. We lift our voice, Father, in honor unto you. It's in the name of Jesus that we come. It's in the name of Jesus we bow our knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom heaven and earth is named, that you would grant unto us, Father, to be strengthened with all might in our inner man, that you, Father, would dominate through us this year. It'd be the greatest year they've ever lived. Father, we honor you. Oh, there is none like you. There's absolutely none like you. There's none anywhere in this world like you. It's you and you alone that we love. It's you and you alone that we adore. It's you and you alone that is the power that works in us and through us. It's you and you alone. There's truly none like you in this whole world, Father. Oh, we honor you even in this place. Glory to God. Sing, sing that little, that little uh, hymn with me, if you will. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome in this place, Abba, Father. You are worthy of all praise. To you, my life, I raise. 
You are awesome in this place, mighty God. Man, don't you love just to give Him glory? Come on, it's the heart of man. It's your priesthood being exercised. It's your voice calling out to Him. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome in this place, Abba Father. You are worthy of all praise, to you my life I raise. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. How about that little song we sang it all my life? There is none, I'm starting in the key of J, uh-oh. <laughs> like you, no one else can touch my heart like you do. And I could search for all eternity long and find there is none like you. Sing it again. There is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. And I could search for all eternity long and find there is none like you. Come on, there's just none like you. Come on, your voice, with your voice, you give honor to Him. With your voice, you just draw near. With your voice, come on, you have the privilege to pray. With your voice, you have the privilege to worship in spirit and truth. With your voice, you have the privilege to draw near unto God, and He'll draw near unto you. You have the privilege to call upon His name, and He'll answer. You have the privilege, oh, to just let the Spirit of God move mightily in your heart. The privilege of being washed continually by the blood of the, of the everlasting covenant. By the blood of the Lamb shed for us. With our voice, we continually offer up to Him a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto His name. Oh, it's so wonderful to worship Him. King of kings and Lord of lords. God and creator of all. Oh, and he's my father. He's my father. He loves us so very much. What a wonderful father. What a good, good father. Oh, what a good, good father he is unto us. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am, for you're perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. It's who you are. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Oh, isn't he a good father? I'm telling you, there's just a thousand songs and a thousand more to declare that he is King of kings and Lord of lords. Oh, I love the sweet spirit of God. Hallelujah. In your bedroom, in your prayer closet, in your car, 
in the church sanctuary at 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. Amen. You gather together, lift your voice unto God and declare who he is. You're a priest unto God. You carry the blood into the holy of holies and to the eternal place. What Jesus sanctified us for was not for us to take his blood into the tabernacle and temple made with man's hands. Think about this. The high priest Caiaphas, it was him and him alone that had right on the day of atonement to carry the blood of the sacrifice behind the veil. And what was he doing with Jesus? It was the high priest that slaughtered the lamb. That now we've been made priests. That we'll take that blood, not into a room laid with gold in Jerusalem, but that we would carry that blood into the Holy of Holies, the place where John had the revelation. That he said, I heard a voice that sounded like the voice of many waters. And I turned and I looked and I beheld the lampstand of God. Where was John at? He was caught up into the Holy of Holies, to the very throne room of heaven. And that's where our prayers go. The Revelation 5 and Revelation 8 says that the prayers of the saints are the bowls of incense before God Almighty, right there in the place of His holiness, the holiest of all. You're a priest unto God. Sweet daughter of God, you're a priest unto God. Your prayers and your praise and your worship go up before Him. Oh, they're causing heaven to move on your behalf. Glory to God. Can you mind stand up real fast? The Lord's just going to strengthen your body. I just heard in my spirit strength for her legs. I don't know what you've dealt with. Hallelujah. Have you needed anything in your lower part of your body? Yeah, I've had uh, knee replacement, both knees. Come on. How cool is the Lord? <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, I didn't hear all that. Here's what I heard standing next to you. Strength for her legs. Amen. Yeah. From the place of his presence, just while we were singing, just the glory of God. Lift your hands. Father, thank you for strengthening this daughter of God in her lower region. <laughs> Hallelujah. Strength for her knees, her ankles, strength in her legs, Father. Oh, just the blessing of the Lord. And when you draw near to the presence of God, he'll wash your body with pure water. <laughs> strength, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Glory to God. Now he'll just touch you head to toe. Amen. Glory to God. Strengthen her heart and her lungs. Oh, she's a daughter of God. She'll live out the fullness of her days. With long life, you'll satisfy her. Strength upon strength, day after day. Jesus' mighty name. What a great testimony you'll give of how good the Lord's been to you. Amen. I'm going to lay my hands just on your knees since you mentioned them. In Jesus' name, strength to these knees. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Isn't the Lord good? I'm telling you, how wonderful. Hallelujah. Glory. And what's your name, man? David. David, I'm Jay. And I just really believe you'll make more money this year than you've ever made. Amen. Just the blessing of the Lord. Just letting God work through you. It won't even be any harder. Just clarity will come. Right? So obey that voice in the morning when you wake up. The very first thought when you wake up is the Spirit of God talking to your heart. Just be quick to obey. Don't talk yourself out of it. You know, just watch. God will just move mightily. Amen. It'll be the best, best year we ever, we ever lived. You just give more than you've ever given. you got a heart for the local church, a heart to, to give, a heart to, to help. 
And the grace of God's there, amen? We're not operating out of our own ability, but out of the grace of the Lord Jesus, just to do, amen? And you already got your wife's agreement. I love that. How fun is that? It's bad when the Lord talks to you about stuff, and then you got to talk your wife into it. You know what I mean? You're like, Lord, this woman you gave me, you know? But she's already on board. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Amen. Father, thank you for just touching David and his body and his mind, his heart, his whole being, spirit, soul, and body. It'll just be the greatest year he's ever lived. Hallelujah. Strength from heaven. Every assignment against his family is broken off, and the curse is broken off. There are no generational curses that have come upon you. The blood of Jesus has washed you clean and made you new. You're of a new line and a new lineage from heaven above that God has saturated you and covered you in his wonderful love, that you'll see the heart of God being developed day after day in the closeness with the Lord in a brand new way. The word of God will come so alive, it'll be like you got a brand new book. Ho, 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 that's the voice of the Lord. He's helping you to look in there, to take a new and fresh look, to see his greatness revealed in you and the power of God revealed on the inside of you. That God's grace will work in you and God's grace will work through. Oh, it'll be the greatest year you've ever lived. <laughs> in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Take that. That'll help you. Amen. Isn't the Lord good? Well, let's come back tonight. Just let the Spirit of God. I'll just preach about 10 minutes tonight. If you'll come. Amen. You want to make a deal? Be like Monty Hall. Let's make a deal. All right. We just won't limit God. Tonight's a special night. It's not Sunday morning. All right. And... Um, Thank God for the Word. We don't discount the Word. The Word goes forth and then the Spirit of God confirms the Word. But we were able to really lay a good foundation this morning in the Word that tonight, if you'll come back, we'll just stir those truths up for maybe 10 minutes, uh, 15 if I have to get over into mercy, all right? (laughs) But we won't limit our worship time. And even if that's just two songs, then that's fine. But... Uh, tonight we'll just minister uh, in order to stir the Spirit of God up to begin to just see, and we'll just minister out of the Spirit. And uh, we'll just lay hands on everybody tonight, and uh, that might just take, a, you know, a minute each, or it might take a couple minutes each, you know. But we'll just let the Spirit of God move tonight, if that'd be all right with you. Amen? And uh, well, let's just start this year stronger than we've ever started. Amen. Glory Amen. to God. Hallelujah. It'll just be, I'm telling you, January is just ending good. You're so easy to preach to. Do they pay you to come here? You just pull on the word, I'm telling you. I love that. Just the hunger for God. How old were you when you got hungry for God? Oh, let's see. In my early 20s. Praise God. Just a fire that's never, never been quenched. I love that. Just getting brighter and brighter and brighter. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Have your hand. Just a long life. He'll satisfy you with long life. Show you his salvation with long life. Oh, she'll live out the fullness of her days, Father. With, with strength. Keep her mind all of her days. <laughs> not one fear. Not one worry about ever losing any faculty of your mind. Not one. Full memory all the days of your life. Full faculties. That wit will even get brighter. That joy will intensify. Oh, and the humor that just pours forth from your heart will just pour out all the days of your life. You'll, you'll be 
He'll be as sharp as a tack until the Lord comes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for long life that's satisfying and just demonstrates the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. You know how long I'm going to live? At least a week longer than Amy. I, I started liking Amy. I am. I started liking Amy when, uh, when she was just about 10 years old. And I was 13, and I was real little. I didn't grow very fast. And all I wanted in life was to grow. And all my friends were growing and maturing, and I wasn't, you know. I even had a dream when I was 13. I was walking down the hallway at school with my shirt off, and I had big, bushy armpits. <laughs> I did. I really did. Because all I wanted in life was to grow and get bigger, you know, and I was just this little, little guy. And then on Easter Sunday, Amy came to church, and, and she was taller than me. And I was so angry at the Lord. I went home and cried my eyes out, said, Lord, it's not right. Even Amy is bigger than me. And she's three years younger than me, you know. And uh, in the middle of my sorrow, it hit me. Well, if she's taller than me, she's cute. <laughs> So anyway, the next eight years, I just waited on Amy to graduate high school, and, and I got to marry her. And uh, we've been together all of our life, and so I'm not letting somebody else marry Amy. <laughs> so she kissed a boy in the first grade. It's the only other boy she's ever kissed. And she won't tell me who it was. So I know it's one of those Jehus she graduated high school with. Because if he had moved, she would have just said at some point, he moved. Right? But she can't say he moved because he didn't move. He graduated with her. But she won't reveal which one it is. And the Lord won't show me. I've asked him. So there's a standing $1,000 reward for anybody... That can figure out which one of those 110 boys it was that kissed Amy in the first grade, all right? So if you can get it out of her, I'll give you $1,000 for it, amen? My kids have already tried. They're trying. They, she won't reveal it. So nobody else is going to get to marry her, so I'm just going to stick around at least a week after Amy, all right? Then after she's gone, I'll talk to the Lord and decide how much longer. But I'm not going to be satisfied Come on, with long life, he'll satisfy us. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Such a sweet presence here today. I, I know it's time to go home, so we'll go. But uh, if you can, come back tonight. Yeah. And we'll let the Spirit of God just move and flow. We'll just have a wonderful time. Amen. Thank you, Pastor.